daddy gonna stay in school and, and graduate. You're gonna die, Klaus! You can do it! Captain Insano shows no mercy. You can do it! I love my mama very much. Now you know that. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Hello, and welcome to The Sand the Pit, the podcast where little girls are the devil. That's from The Water Boy. Please <laughs> yeah. understand that this is just something he does at the start. It's, it's not a reflection of his actual values, <laughs> if you've never listened before. Oh yeah, out of context. That does out of context, sound a bit... that sounds a bit mental, didn't it? But yeah, I think from now on, the quote at the start of the episodes, I might just use Waterboy ones because we've found our new benchmark for the best Adam Sandler film. Best film, yeah. Um, Number um, one on second. IMDb's top 250, The Waterboy. <laughs> it should be. So I'm Luke. This is an, also another Luke. Hi. We watch and talk about every single Adam Sandler film or appearance or TV show or whatever. How are you doing today, Luke? I am very good, thank you. I'm still on a high from last week and ready to dig into a bit more of a serious film, I think. Slightly more serious. How about you? Yeah, I'm also doing good. Uh, I just can't stop laughing. My my cheeks hurt from smiling. I think it's time for a bit of a saddler. Um, I heard that even when you've been seeing people you don't particularly like, you've been imagining them with like a baby's head or a cocker spaniel and it's cheered you right up. (laughs) The the complete message and ethos of the water boy (laughs) has changed my whole life, my outlook. Yeah, so we're going for a bit more of a serious saddler, as we call them. But this Mm -hmm. one I've I've seen and you haven't, Mm -hmm. and it's not that serious it's still got a bit of brevity to it so what are we watching the merriowitz stories and we're going to be deciding whether we put that in a place that is filled with rot and disgust and horrible horrible adam sandler films and that's called the sandler pit and in there we've got films such as jack and jill and eight crazy nights which we both secretly love (laughs) the cobbler is in there obviously and uh jack and jill and going overboard on the other side though past the uh the drawbridge that goes over the moat through the grand doors that are beaming with comedic beauty is the sander castle and inside that is all of the benchmark films the best films ever the water boy as we've already mentioned yeah. wedding be halloween singer. yeah it'll be halloween singer. the hot chick <laughs> ridiculous six these are the kind of the people that maybe we shouldn't have let in but we had a fun time i guess with them. yeah so if this is your first time listening um basically we're deep into this exploration of adam sanders films and we have let a few maybe not great films into our hall of fame essentially yeah. but this week we're watching the merriowitz stories which is i guess a more sort of it's more dramatic isn't it and it's mm. a director that has actually made successful films. films. Yeah, good films. So Noah Baumbach. This guy uh, is a bit of an auteur. He's, he's a really good filmmaker. He made Marriage Story, which I still say should have got a Best Actor and Best Actress nominations and wins for Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, two mm-hmm. of the best performances I've ever seen in a film. But he also did While We're Young, Ben Stiller, which is oh, the okay. one I've seen. Quite good. Squid and the Whale, which is a really good film with Jesse Eisenberg, like really low budget good film i guess this was his one of his ones just before he did marriage story didn't get as much attention unfortunately but i really like this film what about you what's your experience with um 
bomb back. I've not seen this film. And out of all of those ones that you've mentioned, I've only seen Marriage Story. Yeah, the same as you. I, I really loved it. I thought it was a great film. And I think we've mentioned quite a few times, you're quite a crier when it comes to films. <laughs> and I don't really ever get to that point when I'm watching things. But Marriage Story is like the closest I've been in recent years. You know, that horrible bit when Adam Driver's reading the letter from Scarlett and he, he like gets like halfway through it. And then um, either she has to take over or the kid takes over. And I remember being like, oh, she says something like how his parents were kind of abusive i think and then he like is reading it and then as he gets to that point it kind of chokes up and kind of like skirts over it and the bit when he yells at her when he's like every day i wake up and i hope you're dead and that's like so yeah it's good that there's a bit of comedy in it to like level it out (laughs) (laughs) there's actually the comedy in that when he actually cuts his arm open and he's like yeah oh that scene's horrendous maybe the closest thing that we've seen so far might be like a funny people where judd apatow can sort of lean on these more realistic human moments maybe that's what we're going to get more of in this yeah i was worried for a second you were going to say punch drunk love because i think again this is a similar kind of art house but this does feel i like punch drunk love but this is a lot more tangible digestible it's still quite funny it's not as off-putting and grim the characters you do care for um, no i'm just imagining like that exploration of relationships from funny people but without mm. constant dick jokes and seth rogan <laughs> i don't remember any set uh, any dick jokes in this it should be good because you've watched this before bef- like way before you saw any of these ridiculous comedies and mm. all these things that adam sandler's done yeah. i feel like i watched this maybe early 2020 like before all lockdowns everything i think just off the back of uncut gems really liked it and i really liked adam sandler in it as well he's great in this film Mm -hmm. Um, yeah no i'm definitely interested in this one i think this looks more like the sort of thing i like to see adam sandler doing when it comes to the drama films i suppose because so far punch drunk love didn't really work for me as much as it has for other people the more i think about it the more i'm like yeah i appreciate it as a film but just don't know whether i liked it i guess and it's the same with uncut gems i I know what he's doing is good in it but that film never really it didn't really work for me so much i guess i can't i don't really know why (laughs) i can't wait to revisit that though with you like one of my favorites i'll probably like it watching it back we'll talk more about that when we get to it in like 100 episodes 100 episodes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so who else is in this is Ben Stiller, you said, and Dustin Hoffman. Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler play half-brothers, and then Dustin Hoffman is their dad. They both have different mums, and I think the dad, he's like an artist, and he puts a lot of pressure on Ben Stiller, his youngest son, to be an artist, and he pays loads of attention and thinks so highly of him. Doesn't think highly of Adam Sandler at all, his son from his first marriage, and then they also have a, a sister who was Adam Sandler's full sister. And it's a really interesting family dynamic because they kind of love each other, but there's a lot of resentment. Ben Stiller resents Adam Sandler because he never got this pressure. Adam Sandler resents Ben Stiller because he never got any attention. So they both mm-hmm. love each other, but they are also got this kind of underlying resentment. And it's really, really good. The thing I immediately thought of there was, I think in Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman has a weird relationship with his brother. And his brother's been like, nurtured loads by the parents and yeah Yeah, it's very similar i like that that sounds like an interesting kind of unique it reminds me as well of royal tenenbaums which is one of my favorite films Mm -hmm. which has again it's a weird family dynamics and people as adults still not over like stupid stuff from their childhood it's the same with um succession have you ever watched succession I have not. What's that? It's like a HBO show with Brian Cox is like basically Rupert Murdoch. He's got like four kids and 
one of them has been like his protege and then one of them is macaulay corkin's brother yeah who's in scott pilgrim kieran corkin kieran corkin and he's like seen as like the idiot of the family and they're all trying to be the one that takes over from brian cox it's just them arguing loads and have it, having all these hang-ups from their childhood it's, it's a really good show yeah i'll give that a look i like everyone in this film and i think that emma thompson's also in it and i remember her being quite good in this not as good as marriage story for me i feel like we don't need to watch it because we've spoken about it so much <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah what it's gonna be heartbreaking if i watch this film and come back like it was fucking <laughs> shit everything you said about it none of that happened <laughs> No, I'm so very much looking forward to it from what so you So when we watch one of these films, uh, any film we have a silent scale, do you want to do it properly this week? I think it might. Yeah, I think stuff. you said this was a comedy. And so this is like a list of tropes of Adam Sandler's usual, basically the things he gets up to in mostly comedy films. But we decided not to do it for Rain Over Me, which because it was quite a serious film with like a yeah. horrible backstory. We actually found that the film did encompass at least like half of the usual tropes. So I think this we should one, just do it for this. Yeah, we'll do it for this, but no actors. Like, none of those lads show up, I don't think. Oh, okay. Because um, it's not to do... I don't think it's to do with Happy Madison at all, this. Right. Um, I think you're right, because I know this wasn't part of Adam Sanders' Netflix deal, even though it is a Netflix film. None of those... Alan but we will keep things like Adam Sandler sings or Adam Sandler shouts and I don't know like fart jokes maybe we'll see yeah. they might they might happen from what you've said I can't imagine that they will it seems like the comedy is going to come from like quirky people and weird relationships yeah. I guess oh you might be surprised there's a few things that I remember <laughs> being a bit sillier but they're handled in a quite fun way whenever good. we have one of these serious Sandlers we do have a little game that we like to play called Make Mine Madison where we reimagine it as a happy madison film and i can't wait to have a think about how this could be a bit more lowbrow yeah what's our our tagline for that make art house into fart house (laughs) (laughs) which is always good i don't know do these things count as art house i i don't really know what art house even is sometimes well maybe not but i don't know this is just a good film let's make it shit Make, I think it was make the highbrow lowbrow as well was another one. Make the highbrow lowbrow make the uh, nice. fart, the art house fart house. The only other thing I'd like to say is that I hope during this film I don't look at Dustin Hoffman and Adam Sandler and get horrible Vietnam flashbacks to The Cobbler, one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that we watched it in that order. It's going to taint that guy's face because I'm just going to expect him to pop up in his fucking little Avengers hideout with his yeah. army of shoes and just... The Guardian of Souls. Uh, yeah, I don't want to think Bad of the film. Cobbler ever again. Grab your uh, little... <laughs> I don't know what I'm... Little opera binoculars <laughs> because we're... Put on a little tuxedo because we're uh, we're going to fucking watch something a bit fancier this week. Turn your phone off and pay attention. Turn your phone off. Put, pay attention, mate. Yeah. Come on, this is quality filmmaking. Come join us a little bit. Have fun. You are now listening to the Sandler Pit. God damn it! The old babushka. And we are back. It's been a week, but we watched the Meyerowitz <laughs> stories. We've had a discussion off air about how much of this film that we can remember. Which makes it sound like we're going to be very negative about it, but I'm not going to. And I know you like this film already. Luke, do you want to talk a bit about what the Meyerowitz stories is? If you can remember from the two times you've watched it. Yeah, I've watched it twice. I can barely remember it. That's not a criticism. God, you watched it ages ago. Yes, I I watched it about a week ago. I watched it about five days ago. I don't quite remember the details. And because it's a decent film i didn't make too many notes so this might be a bit of a nightmare but the mayor's stories is about a family so you've got the patriarch who is dustin hoffman 
who plays Harold. I don't remember Harold Marowitz. He was a kind of semi-successful sculptor and a professor, but he kind of never got the fame that he thinks he deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got his oldest son, who's Danny Myrowitz, played by Adam Sandler, who's uh, an unemployed single father who's kind of just separated from his wife, so he doesn't quite know his place anymore, and he has to move back in with his dad. You've got Elizabeth Marvel as Jean Myrowitz, who's his uh, Danny's sister. And she is kind of a kind of stoic character. She's kind mm. of quiet and muted. And then you've got their half brother from Harold's second, or is it his third marriage? I can't remember. His I second remember. marriage. Second. Because he has three wives, played by Ben Stiller, playing Matthew Marowitz. He's different from all his family because he's quite a successful financial advisor or something. He's also separated from his wife. He has a child from his marriage that he's now separate from and this kind of echoes that he might follow the same route as his dad this tension between the two brothers who had very different upbringings and have very different interests that are slightly like Harold's but quite different and then to cap it all off you also have what's the name Eliza Myrowitz who is Danny Myrowitz's daughter who's a film student and basically it's like a, a series of like kind of short almost short films short stories about this family going through life and then a, an incident happens it just kind of goes over this family what did you think of it i i liked it i think the best thing going into it was the fact that you said in the intro i think you said something along the lines of don't expect marriage story but like it's still a really good film in terms of like the director's work i think that pretty much is a good label to put on it going into it because it is i would say it's a strong like eight out of ten i guess that sort of rating maybe that might be a slightly generous because there's a few points where I was a bit like it's quite a meandering film as you say like there isn't too much of a plot to it it's just these little episodes in their lives and but yeah I mean the characters and whatever there I think their sort of whole dynamic was pretty interesting to be honest it's a good setup nice family drama and it feels quite it feels quite real Mm. in the same way I think we said it about the exploration of like regrets and relationships in funny people it was a similar vibe there but with like family drama the good thing is I think every character in it they're all a bit unlikable and likable at the same time they're you know they do feel 3d they do feel quite real the way that it moves from like character to character because it i'd say the starting bit is is from danny's perspective and then it shifts to matt it kind of makes you see these characters in a certain way and then when you see it from their view you do sort of shift your viewpoint on everyone and they're all a bit yeah muddy i guess the only one that i i think by the end of it i still didn't really like harold the dad no no i didn't like him at all yeah but you're not a complicated character yeah but yeah i like the dynamic it's set up and whatever and I, i did like watching it there's like these little petty arguments and then there's sort of repeated motifs throughout it like Danny Adam Sander he's sort of struggling with his daughter he sort of starts to feel a bit of a distance yeah. between them and there's like this repeated thing throughout where Ben Stiller always says like oh yeah I heard from Eliza she texted me she's um yeah, yeah. she's on her way here and all this sort of thing and it, it happens like four or five times and every time instead of reacting to what she's told him Adam Sander's always like oh oh she texted you like he's like a yeah. bit jealous yeah I love the exploration of when a child's grown up and then the dad doesn't know what to do with himself like, I think that's really good in this film. Don't they say Adam Sandler was like a house yeah, husband? Yeah, he was a, a house really... husband or something, wasn't he? Yeah, so he didn't work and he just raised her so that she was his whole purpose. And then there's, and I really think she's written well because like she doesn't hate him or anything. She's not bad or doing anything. It's just that she's just independent and he's not as independent from her. Mm. And he's like calling her 
when he's, she's at college. I just think it was a really interesting and kind of realistic seeming family. I think that's kind of yeah, why it definitely. works. I think so too. I think I, I like films like this. For me, they're quite hit and miss actually. I think there's been a few where, I know there's a few we've spoken about in the past. I can't really think of them off the top of my head. Ones where there's not as much of a plot. Like one I always think of is Boyhood. I remember watching that and yeah. really not liking it because nothing happened really i've still never seen that what is the uh what's the issue with boyhood because i hear a lot of people complaining about it there's really nice moments in it but it's like 12 years of this guy's life and nothing does really happen and you know when they have a child actor they don't always end up being actors when they grow up mm. i don't know if you've seen i think his name was like elias coltrane or something i don't know i don't know if you've seen him in anything but um, i haven't seen him in anything anyway. yeah considering he was in like one of the biggest films that year he hasn't <laughs> gone to act very much i, I don't want to say anything about it because it's, it's a hard job isn't it but yeah everyone is it was a bit i don't know richard Linklet's films are always like that though aren't they they wander in big caveat here school of rock is a richard Linklater film and that's yeah the, and that's that's, that's his film best film made. yeah <laughs> that is an incredible film but I, for some films. reason it no one seems to recognize that but yeah there's there's sometimes with these films when the plot isn't moving on or if the characters aren't that interesting you do sort of think i could be spending my time you know watching something that's got a bit more like energy to it maybe but yeah the fact that these guys are all like you sort of know where their limits are and you know that they're all pushing each other's buttons and it works just about enough it does manage to hold its length it's about two hours long isn't it yeah any more would have been too much definitely Um, it it does border on being a bit too long mention it maybe at the end but there's a scene at the end which i didn't really like i think that's what stopped it being is it the final scene i think set penultimate scene i guess we could just say it now like yeah who cares about spoilers for mayor which stories if you do raise your hand (laughs) (laughs) no no one okay let's carry on (laughs) uh so the whole film like first of all you introduced to like you said, Danny and his daughter and having dinner with Harold and his sister Jean. And then you introduce to Matthew, who is very resentful of his dad, even though his dad like adores him. And in the first mm-hmm. scene, going on and on about how great Matthew is, but then Matthew doesn't like him for a different reason, which I, yeah. I think I mentioned up top. Then you cut to Harold's gone to hospital because he had something wrong with his brain Mm -hmm. and he ends up in a hospital bed and then there's a scene where they kind of are doing a retrospective of his life but he's obviously not there because he's in hospital it looks like he's about to die he doesn't die and the final scene it kind of ends with danny who's always wanted the respect from his father that his brother has at the end he like smashes a plate on the floor and he goes like it's okay i forgive you goodbye yeah and the camera does this weird jolt into his face mm, like harsh zoom. zooms yeah there we go you, you can tell you're working in the film yeah. and television industry here we go <laughs> so yeah they do a crash zoom i didn't like that effect i don't know it took me out of it a little bit i looked to the side to my fiance when that happened we were both a bit like hmm? yeah because the film's all choice. really long shots long cuts is there a like a long cut where i think it's with ben stiller and dustin Hoffman where they're kind of walking into a restaurant and it mm-hmm. kind of doesn't cut it's well shot but that scene was a bit weird the point of him saying those words actually is that they mention it earlier don't they they go to a meeting when he's in hospital and they think he's going to die and it's the final goodbye words so it's like he's saying his final goodbye to his dad now that he's got the respect his dad he's kind of like almost disabled at that point isn't he? he's bed bound and whatever but i i don't know i think if it hadn't had that 
zoom i think i'd have liked it if it had just been him murmuring and maybe Saying like himself a, just from a close-up yeah yeah, yeah. it's a really <laughs> distracting effect for sure <laughs> a huge caveat here i don't want to tell noah Baumbach how to make films oh yeah for sure yeah he's a fantastic filmmaker it's like, just opinion is, isn't it yeah, it's just this one little frank thing Karachi wouldn't have done that effect that's what <laughs> one thing i'll tell you <laughs> fan of the podcast frank Karachi, we would have not done a crash scene no way <laughs> I didn't mind the idea that he's saying goodbye to his dad and that he's going off to like West Coast or something like that. To see his brother. Yeah. So he's moving away from his dad, letting go of that side of things. The thing I didn't like with the ending that left me really cold was there's a final scene that is Eliza going to a warehouse, Indiana Jones style. Yeah. To <laughs> get like this missing piece of art that was mentioned two hours ago at the start of the film that hasn't really been important through the whole thing. And yeah, it's sort of done in a way that you're supposed, it's supposed to like hit you but it, it left me feeling nothing really to be honest that Cold, that yeah. ending i think it could have ended really yeah, nicely like it, with either danny or matthew yeah i get like MacGuffins and stuff in films like using an object that has some kind of uh importance i think eliza as well I, i'll get into her in a bit i really like that character i think she's mm-hmm. a really like well-written well-acted character yeah but you can't deny that this is a ben stiller adam sandler film it's all about their relationship and whilst hers isn't as kind of narratively important like her relationship with Harold and like you said I don't like Harold I think he's a horrible character and that's why he's interesting so I don't care that the final piece of his legacy has been found because Mm. I don't care about his legacy and I think isn't that the point of the film that this guy has wasted his life trying to get this legacy for himself and he's kind of spiteful and the legacy for his family whilst not noticing the achievements of his own children and it's uh, Mm. all over recognizing shows his floor as a dad yeah i agree yeah, I I there's definitely a, there's definitely like a, a symbolism meaning behind it and whatever but i think just that i mean i'd kind of forgotten about it yeah me too that was more of what it was i think for a film where nothing happens there is a lot of dialogue a lot of quick talking and whatever because that is what most of the film is it's yeah. just these long conversations there is a lot to kind of keep up with strangely enough they've all got their own problems you know they mention characters and people in passing there's quite a few people that only pop up in one scene but they're mentioned in lots of other ones like Sigourney Weaver <laughs> yeah <laughs> the act just playing herself is yeah <laughs> by the time it got to the ending I think that the story had moved quite far away from the art side of things I know that is what the as you say the MacGuffin of it is but I just wasn't really bothered by the ending as a final note it didn't really it left like a bit of a bland note on what was otherwise like a, a strong dramatic film I guess yeah it's something else that kind of does that where it's kind of a symbolic ending to a quite character rich film and it's um yeah sometimes whenever I see this in a film sometimes it might leave me a bit cold I sometimes feel like it really works though like you... lady I think ladybird has an ending like that doesn't it and it's just so Sharon like staring oh, out yeah, the car, I love but the it's perfect yeah in that one it's really good there's something like one of these films that's a bit like ladybird what are they called the like a24 in, in films the, yeah coming of age this isn't a coming of age it kind of is in a weird way it is (laughs) it's kind of Danny coming of age isn't it yeah that's what's interesting it's a coming of age film for a for a middle aged man man. (laughs) how refreshing was it to see Adam Sandler in a film where his love interest I know she wasn't like a full on love interest but it's hinted that he has a bit of a thing for one of his dad's contemporaries' daughters. She's yeah. just like a normal-looking woman. Yeah, he's got a daughter that's like age-appropriate. His daughter's like late teens, early twenties. Yeah, which makes sense. And then you watch like fucking Blended came out like a year before or whatever, and he's got like a two-year-old. <laughs> it's so nice to see it being normal. <laughs> it nice because he's my like... dad's age, and like I'm 25, and my sister's 
you know 20 something i can't remember but um oh. <laughs> but like both of our our families are all like the same sort of age and whatever and adam sandler's old enough to be a granddad but he's always got these really young yeah, kids. i know he also, has in real life as well but he's also young enough to have steve buscemi as his dad <laughs> even though he's like <laughs> six years old uh, older than him let's i think, I think that... we should talk a bit more about adam sandler in this because we are a sandler fan podcast yeah that's true what did you think of him in this I liked him. He's got those elements of his usual characters. I think mm. it's good. I think if you if you hire Adam Sandler, you should get him to shout at least twice. And in this, he has yeah. got like an unbridled good. rage every so often. Like he snaps a snooker cue at one point and um, he can never find a parking space. So he's always like screaming about that. Oh, that was so relatable. That's exactly yeah. like trying to park in fucking Sheffield City Centre. Oh, in London, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with London a lot worse than Sheffield. <laughs> I agree. I also really like him in this. I like his whole characterization and I like the limping thing that he's kind mm. of ignoring. Just the whole character because it's kind of tragic character who's kind of nice. But also, yeah, he does have these moments where he's just screaming. The dynamic, particularly between him and Ben Stiller, is amazing because they both love each other but really don't like each other at the same time. And it yeah. culminates in them having a, a scrap. I don't think I've mentioned in this podcast before how much I love realistic scraps in films. Yeah. Hugh Grant versus Colin Firth in Bridget Jones's Diary, one of the mm-hmm. best scenes in any film. I this know you're is- a particularly big fan of the one in Borat as well. I love the one in Borat. <laughs> So yeah, and I loved the one in this. It looks like two middle-aged blokes trying to have a fight who've never been in a fight before. Uh, they're both like scrapping. They're both in the right and they're both in the wrong at the same time. Yeah. And the only reason they're doing it is weren't they taking pills? They're yeah, doing I think drugs so. They're so getting really angry with each other. One of them's overly sentimental about stuff he shouldn't be sentimental about. The other's not sentimental at all about things he should be because it's like Ben Stiller's selling the house he grew up in. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler didn't grow up there, but he feels this kind of attachment to it because it's like, I don't know, represents the childhood with his dad he never had, really. Always looking in for to his brother. That's definitely the best stuff in this film because I feel like anyone who has family, you see all these sort of things do definitely happen. Like there was moments in it where I was like, that reminds me of when this has happened with my mum and her siblings or whatever. Not that they've ever had a fight after taking half a pill each and (laughs) one of them complaining about being successful. That's a bit of a fucking uh, dig at Michelle Terry. (laughs) My mum's always having realistic scraps with people. We all are sisters. It is quite accurate how well in this they've got the excuse of being half their half siblings, so it's understandable that they're all so different. But it always happens, doesn't it? I've got quite a big family, and mm. quite a few of my like aunts, uncles, and whatever they they're all very different people. So seeing that in a film is pretty pretty mm. good because in a lot of these family dramas we've watched, the things that make they're them different the same, is like yeah. yeah, they're usually the same, or like the things that make them different is that they like sellotaping kitchen items to themselves or they fancy their babysitter <laughs> and love masturbating whereas this is like realistic <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a this, really nice change i know there was a bit, bits in this that kind of reminded me of my grandparents home you know like there's the scene when they're all having dinner and they're all kind of milling and then adam sandler and his daughter are both playing that nice song on the piano one of the mm. best singing scenes for Adam Sandler ever he yeah. utilizes him perfectly because it's not very good <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is good as well he had another um, good comedy thing that there's this like song that he always sings called like Byron Myron 
I think yeah, it's that was he also wrote a great. song that Dustin Hoffman didn't couldn't remember one of his colleagues' names. Yeah, and they Call but they all know Byron. and love this song, <laughs> but they act like it's yeah, like an old song that they all heard on exactly. the radio and all loved. It's quite like it, a family in joke. Like I come from a very on my dad's side, very musical family. So like if there was ever a family get together, there'd always be like people playing like guitar and piano and. Oh, it sounds singing. fucking horrible. <laughs> it's like the Von, Von fucking traps up in Sheffield, mate. The Von traps uh, in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> Duh, a deer, a female deer. <laughs> no, uh, but this kind of was a really nice little moment of detail. The you said that song where he starts playing it like as a joke, and then Dustin often walks in like singing it. They all just mm. know it, and they all think it's funny. There's these in jokes that the family have. There's this closeness as well as the kind of the colder bits. Like um, Adam Sandler's daughter in this, Eliza. She's a film student which i thought was quite funny because me and you have both been film students in the past yeah. i don't remember any like... short films looking like that though <laughs> she makes like semi-pornographic just using like nudity and like crazy imagery it did mm-hmm. have a university of lincoln vibe didn't it yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah um... definitely yeah and all the family are kind of like awkwardly sat watching them but are really really supportive of it as well yeah and there's a bit in the hospital which i think is my favorite scene in the film where <laughs> she's showing her dad one where there's like like she's like naked fucking a man in a wood and he's like oh lovely lovely mise-en-scene gene <laughs> she just shows up in the film and then she's talking about these little home videos she makes at work and adam seller's like oh gene you also have lovely mise-en-scene as well <laughs> it's just a lovely little very unique family dynamic that i really liked i love gene as well i think she was one of my favorites and she's like the really dark horse of the film isn't she Jean's kind of story. muted i guess isn't she she's she's quite quiet throughout the film she doesn't she gives off like a sort of librarian sort of vibe. She's quite yeah. hushed and sits back a bit. And then she has quite a big scene where she reveals that one of her dad's friends like sexually harassed her, like molested yeah. her basically when she was younger. That scene, her delivery is really good. Her dynamic with the dad, you don't see it as much, but it's really interesting as well. The mm. only reason she's there is because she wants to see Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler, really. She's always it's kind of nice, shocked. isn't it? They, yeah. like, they're not even subtle about that. There's a bit when they're like, oh, well, why, do you, why do you bother? And she's like, because I'm I'm a nice fucking person. She yeah, says something like, like that. She's like, I like I like hanging out with you guys, and that's it's kind of that nice that she's to... normal. Yeah, exactly, and it leads to one of the funniest. Oh yeah, dark, great scene where the guy who molested her in the past is really old and got like dementia. He's really old, and they're like, what do we do? Do we beat the shit out of him? Do we, what do we do to him because he's so old? They're like, this the monster is still in there though, so they go and smash up his car. And there's a great line where. I think it's Adam Sandler is like I'm gonna spit on him (laughs) holding him back he's like I'm gonna spit on him even though this is a a serious Sandler it's got some very funny bits in it I think there was a good like three or four times where I did have a a good laugh at this I think because there's so many contrasts between the drama and the comedy because then there's like a whole sort of four minute sequence of them like messing up his car but whereas you'd usually get like Happy Gilmore would like punch through the window of the car and not have a cut on his hand they destroy it it takes them ages to like yeah. vandalize then, like, it. They get like Maureen's dead ex-husband's cane, <laughs> yeah, trying to break it, and like sticks from the wood. It's just so realistic. It's just like I could picture a real family or my own family in this kind of scenario. Yeah, definitely, like, it's, it's because of the guy Noah Bornback. His observation is 
quite good. Do you know much about like his kind of upbringing or life or why certain films no, he does? Not really. So like he was a child of divorce and that's what the whole film Squid and the Whale's about in that his mum and his dad break up and then it's about the brothers. I think it's based on him and his brother mm. kind of taking sides but swapping sides. Like I think Jesse Eisenberg loves his dad but right. then he's like, oh actually no, fuck my dad, I love my mum. And then it's this awkward film where every character and it's unlikable and it's quite dark and it's quite a dark view of marriage Mm. then marriage story was based on his own divorce so that's why the characters in that are quite sympathetic this i think is kind of in the middle it really has these interesting family dynamics Mm -hmm. half brothers half siblings broken families and new joined families i think it's very unique and well written but the good thing is like that's all serious stuff but also at the same time you have got adam sandler wearing pericargo shorts with like a duster jacket and a checked shirt sunglasses yeah and his mustache there is enough good comedy i think a lot of it comes from the whole um dynamic with the dad which i think is that's probably the main story of it right like yeah definitely adam sandler wanting his dad's approval and Matthew kind of wanting to get away from it. There was just a little bit, but I love the part when they're logging on to watch the short film we were talking about and um, Dustin Hoffman can't remember his password and he's like, oh, maybe um, just try Matthew. And then that's the right password. Like he's he's just used just his, his youngest son. son. All of my dad's passwords are Georgia. That's just his <laughs> name. No, I'm not even joking because it's, it's the amount of letters that you needed to have. Luke wasn't long enough. Right, well, well if, any of our, if any of our listeners want to hack into uh, Andrew Terry's... That's the, that's the perfect revenge. <laughs> Luckily, he's not really on anything, but I can't believe the audacity of it. All that I've done for that man. I, I, that's why I could relate to Danny so much in this film. A, a character we've not mentioned who also is quite a standout. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's not in it too much, but I really liked Emma Thompson in this. Yeah, me too. She's playing Maureen, right? So she's like this sort of, I think she's an alcoholic, right? Yeah, but she's kind of like this really eccentric woman. I I wish she hadn't said alcoholic. She reminds me a bit of my grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Like a bit like a... It's fine to like a wine every now and again. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's she's a funny character again. Like she's not the mum of any of the characters. She's like a recent wife. So her dynamic with her stepchildren is very weird i think like because she's probably the same age as gene and there is a bit when they're talking about if they'd fuck her oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) adam sandler yeah she's really good in this one Mm -hmm. of the best performances i've seen of her i think yeah same i would say she's quite quirky there's a part where she makes dinner for them quite early on and she makes like shark soup and they're all saying that the shark's disgusting they're all like spitting it out and whatever when she's not looking she just does quite a few funny things that are kind of in the background there's like a bit where she just drives a car into a tree yeah they're all sort of little little character moments aren't they even Uh, that dynamic of if you've got a big family and you've ever like experienced a loss there's always these sort of like little petty squabbles over who does what who did what and all that stuff and there's bits like that in this where they're talking about like who's like the next of kin Mm. and it's his new wife instead of like his son he's like 50 year old oldest son or whatever as soon as Matthew turns up they're like oh you can see him now Matthew's here and (laughs) all of those little I feel like there's just stuff in this that most people would be able to have seen in their real life it does feel very sort of fly on the wall I guess yeah like I can see myself reflected in like all the characters you can see where everyone's kind of coming from why they're acting the way they are I get Matthew's perspective I get Danny's perspective I think their little bit where Adam Sandler's just really insecure and like are you disappointed in me like dad is over me quitting music years ago and him just never kind of going out and doing something on his own this might be maybe one of my favorite 
Adam Sandler performances. Yeah, I really like him in this, for sure. I think it is this that is, great sort of middle ground use of him, as I said earlier. This is the one I recommend. I've had a few people, especially since doing this, who've been like, I hate Adam Sandler. I hate him in everything. I don't recommend Uncut Gems because I feel like that's a, it's a bit of a harsh film. I always say, watch Meirowitz stories yeah. and tell me that he's shit in this because he's really good. Holds his own against all the other actors perfectly. He's a really interesting character. He's kind of more muted. I know a lot of people like my mum doesn't like how much he shouts. It's just testament of like good directing and whatever as well because he they they bring out a good performance from him and and Ben Stiller as well. I know Ben, ben Stiller's Stiller, yeah. done drama stuff before, but I know but you... see them both together doing it and still managing to have a bit of humour in there as well. I love just like him starting to get quite like short with Dustin Hoffman. That scene when they go out to dinner, I think that might be my favourite bit because there's a guy sat at a table next to him and Dustin Hoffman's quite like a, a sort of snobbish guy, I suppose. And someone puts like their glasses on his table and he starts just like, he keeps on saying, oh, it's just so brazen. He keeps on saying brazen. I don't know why. You can tell Ben Stiller's just got other things on his mind. But at the same time, he's got to like deal with this irritating old man. Do you also like as well that I think both of these actors have had Dustin Hoffman play their dad before? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, obviously in The Cobbler, which we've spoken about, and that we never want to speak about again. And yeah. then Ben Stiller in the... Meet the fuckers. Meet the fuckers. Yeah, it's fun. Better than better than the cobbler, <laughs> surprisingly. Better than the cobbler. Another like just one of those little motifs that's really good is that when you first meet Matthew, he's always referring to Danny as his half brother. Yeah. And then by the yeah. end, that's sort of gone away. That's like one of the sort of twists on it. They're like, oh brother, hey bro, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. After they've had that's- their little fight. The development is definitely there, even if it is like a bit more subtle, I suppose. Because even as well, another thing with him is that he suggests at the end, doesn't he? He says to his dad, he's like, oh, you should have called the art piece Danny. Doesn't it get, it turns out that... It turns um, out he made it with Danny, yeah. Yeah, such a prick that dad. What a prick, I hate him. But also, yeah, there's a bit when Ben Stiller's like, oh, maybe I should just give up on this kid and try again. And Adam Sandler just looks like so... Because that's just been his whole life. He didn't get abandoned by his dad necessarily, but his dad just put all his attention into his son. Might as well have. And then at the end, Ben Stiller kind of learns from that. He's like, I'm going to take care of my son. I'm going to see him. I'm going to make an effort instead of giving up on him, like following the shit cycle that their Mm -hmm. dickhead dad started. We're not going to go to film film school on it, but like (laughs) the way this is shot compared to some of the other tripe that we've watched. Oh my goodness. Was this filmed on film, do you think? I don't know. I I don't want to make assumptions. Oh my God. Apparently Dustin Hoffman wasn't there for any of it. It was all CGI. Oh no. (laughs) But yeah, it it looks really good. Like I love a film that has title cards. Always makes something feel a bit more classy. Yeah, it was filmed on film. See, I've I've got a fucking eye for detail. I know that grain. I know that little bit of grain anywhere. Yeah, I like that there's like bits where it sort of cuts. The title cards will come up like mid-sentence. Happens quite a few times. Guess it's just saying that like nothing ends smoothly. Like these conversations probably went on for more hours and whatever. And that's just because it's called new and selected or something, isn't it? Yeah, like you just said, when they're like screaming like, ah, shut the fuck up. And it just cuts. That harsh cut. I think we've spoken more than enough about this film. So yeah, let's go. Sound the scale. I'm just going to come out and say it straight away. I didn't get a bingo. (laughs) <laughs> me neither obviously yeah, i thought it would be the same <laughs> i did get a few ticks to be fair i got a unearned heartfelt moment it, again it's pulling it because it was a good moment and it basically it happened and then the rest of the film built on it and you saw why it happened which was the song that you said that you really liked 
because it's about like being the best dad ever or whatever and yeah at that point you've only just met the characters you know so you don't know yeah, why so he's know. the best dad ever after a while you do start to see it i think my note straight afterwards was nice dad sandler another likable character and then a question mark <laughs> i stand by it a sandler scream i had getting angry about parking quite early on yeah. i ticked violent kids because there's a bit when Ben Stiller speaks to his son on the phone and he says, would you rather die or would you rather kill yourself? Oh, Pretty violent yeah. for a little kid. He was, violent, I think he's only supposed kid. to be about eight, isn't he? Yeah, he's meant to be quite young, I think. Oh, I also ticked weird tonal shift. And I would say that was twice when they show the student films because they're very <laughs> odd, these films. They aren't, they aren't the film, so it's not like <laughs> diegetic. I, I really like, say. I liked it. It's definitely what, it felt so authentic to what kind of uh, film students make when they're making like artsy films and they've just mm-hmm. started film school. It's really good. That's one of the highlights of, it is of the funny. film. He's but so good, that character. I think it's good as well, because as you say, it does feel we can believe it from being it. Yeah, it felt, like, it felt like watching Underpass <laughs> yeah, or a Morning Run. Morning Run wasn't ever trying to be an art film. I don't run. know about if, your if The only thing that would have made it better if Elliot had got his, uh, his top off. <laughs> his boobs out. <laughs> it was good because it was believable, but at the same time, it did kind of go into almost broad Happy Madison territory Comedy, because yeah, like, yeah. you're looking at like old guys watching their young relative with her boobs out and stuff and like there was that angle to it that is quite funny how obscene it is if we're going tonal shift as well i think that hard cutting from ben stiller screaming at his dad to then his dad is in a hospital bed that yeah. was a big tonal shift as There's well. There's a lot of... But I wouldn't say that was weird. I'd say that's good. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than weird. The, even the yeah, other thing yeah, isn't right. quite weird. You know, it's not like... They're all, it really fits. It's really good, but yeah. I'll give it you. Unusual might be a better word than weird, I yeah. guess, because it's less harsh. Weird tonal shift is more like finding out that Christopher Walken is the angel of death. That. <laughs> 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 talking about it's one of the funniest things it's so weird i didn't tick injured animal i don't think there was any point where there was an injured animal they did eat shark but like it's not injured it's just dead there wasn't an everyone loves him because everyone has realistic relationships you know they're all indifferent to each other i guess at some points there wasn't a reference to weed there was there was some drug use in this but not weed i didn't tick coca-cola and I also didn't tick inexplicable love interest, but I would maybe question Maureen and Harold's relationship because you don't really see any like intimacy between them. Yeah, but like there's so many couples like that. It's not yeah. inexplicable. It's not it's not her loving him. It, she's quite cold about him. He's quite cold about her. Yeah. They have this weird relationship. So how did you do on the Sandler scale? Apart from uh, not ve- getting one. Well, very badly and I'm I'm happy for it. I think I might have pretty much got one. I mean, we never see his wife. Maybe she's a she's beautiful. No beautiful wife. The only one I got and I don't even think I got this really misogyny. I don't know why I critiqued it. I don't remember what. I think the guy, the guy molesting Gene. Yeah, the ones I didn't get. And you're always more observant than me when we play this game. So you're going to be like, no, that happened with me. Let's fat see. joke. No fat joke. I don't think so. Young comedy actor. No, that's what I was checking at the start of the episode before we started recording. Was if the daughter had then started doing Grace Van Patten. She I'm is good in this, isn't she? I thought that she was great. I can see her being one of those who will just skyrocket in the next few years because she's mm-hmm. really good in this. I think she's in Under the Silver Lake, which I've been meaning to watch. What? Doesn't really count, but Jared Sandler is in this film. Fucking hell, is he? 
Yeah. Do you remember at the end, Ben Stiller's doing a speech after the fight and yes. he just starts crying and breaks down. Crying. Really good scene. Great Cuts scene. to a shot of Eliza and her boyfriend. I think his name's Robin. One more person away is just Jared Sandler just stood there. Doesn't speak, doesn't right. do anything, but he's another art student. Well, I mean, me and you have a theory that Jared Sandler's going to be everywhere in a few years. <laughs> he's, he's been in so, so many films. <laughs> he's been might... in like more films than Daniel Day-Lewis at this point. <laughs> yes, but this might date this podcast then if I'm like, no one knows who Jared Sandler is he's in a surprising amount of films yeah. to say he's in like I, all of these films and I'd never basically heard my fiance's ever. heard me mention his name whenever we're recording <laughs> this or if I listen back and she's always like who is Jared Sandler and I'm like I don't really know <laughs> when I was watching Pixels with my housemate Beth and I was definitely the first person in history to do this, except maybe Jared Sandler's parents, because he appears in the boardroom scene and I went, oh, it's Jared Sandler yeah. <laughs> No one has ever said that in the history of time. But I got really yeah. excited when I spotted him. He's great in Sandy Wexler. <laughs> <Loved him. laughs> He's very Not good in that. Fucking hell. Right. Hitting testicles. There's no testicle hitting, don't think. Oh, probably not. There is a fight scene, though. But there is a fight scene. They go through no. each other's faces, don't they? Yeah. No Sony logo. No, it's not a Sony film, is it? Uh, cross-eyed. There's no cross-eyes. No. So no Jonathan Lofren or Lochran or Lowran, uh, unfortunately. So we don't get any of that. It's quite it's quite shit actually thinking about it. Now that we've done the Santa scale, I'm like, nah, this film's not that good. It doesn't have all the things <laughs> I like. <laughs> I've just had to check now. There's no alliterated love interest names. Her, his love interest in this is called Loretta Shapiro. Oh, Maureen Mayrowitz. Oh, yeah. She's a love interest, <laughs> I guess. Maybe she's a love interest. <laughs> okay, well that's that's a little cross for me. And a uh, horrible voice. There's no horrible voice. No, the voices are very nice. He does lovely. try and sing at one point. Though. He sings a gorgeous song. He does very well. Songs. This film is probably one of our lightest on the Sander scale, I would say. And, yeah, and better for it, probably. Yeah, better for it. Rain Over Me had way more, and we didn't even do one for that. We yeah. just did all of them. We maybe well, that was a Happy that. Madison film, though, I guess. So, Luke, do you want to... Oh, God, this is where you've got to say something funny. And I'm uh, not... <laughs> I'm not in can we try... Movie. Do you think that this film should be put in an art gallery, the Museum of Modern Art, a.k.a. the Sandler Castle, the Sandler <laughs> Castle Museum of Modern Art, or okay. do you think that this film should get divorced and kicked out of its family and end up in the Sandler pit? There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. That was, that was very nice. Witty. I mean, I said up top, I think it's no, and after this discussion, it's no uh, surprise that this is absolutely a, a Sandler castle for me. It almost, it definitely transcends our ratings between a castle and a pit because obviously in the castle we've got films that aren't even films like Ridiculous Six. This is an actual film. Uh, I would yeah. recommend it to everyone. This isn't an Uncut Gems where I feel like some people might not like it. I think this is genuinely a film that I would recommend to my mum, my grandparents. Like I think this is a testament to Adam Sandler's acting ability Noah Baumbach's directing and then all the others as well are fantastic in it great characterizations uh if you've got a family that has any dynamics you'll be able to see yourself reflected in it uh if you loved marriage story please watch this as well because it's very similar vibe if not quite as good and yeah just a really good film uh what about you I would echo what you just said it's <laughs> <laughs> joke ever well done um, but no yeah I, I agree with everything you've said pretty much I would say maybe it's possibly out of the ones we've watched so far I'd say it's probably the dramatic one that I like the most me too it made a really nice change to watch a film that was like subtle 
And yeah, as you say, it felt, even though it was straight to Netflix, it felt quite cinematic compared to a lot of the other ones. And I think I just enjoyed spending time with all of these characters and seeing this dynamic and being able to see things that I recognise from real life, but also there being those sort of nice, light comedic moments. There's a lot of dark comedy in this and like, it's not like laugh out loud comedy, but there is a lot of like, it's actual wit rather than... Yeah, you'd be wearing your opera glasses and go, huh. (laughs) <laughs> did Hubie no, Halloween just make a joke <laughs> alright actually no this isn't pretentious either I don't want people no it's not it's it's a nice it's just a nice it's watch good. I think these people have elements where you could say they're quite like venomous I suppose Dustin Hoffman in particular Matthew says the odd thing and you're a bit like oh bit of a weird thing for someone to say I think for the most part it's quite like a nice light feeling film in a weird way considering there's a lot of a lot of drama in there and yeah, it's just like, it looks good and it's got quite a warm palette and stuff. Shot on film beautifully, good motifs. I don't know, it just felt a lot a lot nicer than what we've watched so far. It was a nice palette cleanser between, I mean, we loved The Waterboy and that's, but that's like as broad <laughs> as it gets. Yeah, it's a broad, silly comedy. This is like a, this is a film. And I think it will tide us over nicely before we watch the do-over, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would definitely recommend people watch this. And I think it, it belongs in the castle along with um, Kevin James's YouTube channel and The Hot Chick. I think that would bring us very nicely into a section that we do on these serious films, which we call Make Mine Madison. Our tagline for this is make the art house into fart house. I wouldn't say this is necessarily an art house film, but like we're we going to make it fast. We're going to make this a broad comedy. We've both got a few like ideas of what we would do. Do you want to read yours first or do you need... Here's the thing, I, it's been so long since I watched it, I kind of forgot about this segment. But I've come up with a very vague idea. It's very vague. I was really laughing because as I was writing notes, I realised that I'd accidentally came up with the Karachi castle classic <laughs> ridiculous six bear with me so this film obviously it won't be called Meyerowitz stories but i've called it breaking the mold and nice. i think mold like like clay like sculptures oh okay, I guess, yeah that's breaking good. the mold there's a guy called uh, is harold Meyerowitz. you can have the same name and he's played by steve buscemi <laughs> oh yes <laughs> <laughs> little twist he has five sons adam sadler is danny and he's a very angry man who is also very rich and has a beautiful wife and he also has a crazy limp more like the one from usual suspects like it's really mm-hmm. crazy yeah but also all his brothers keep commenting how he's the best of us the one defining feature on all of them and the dad is that they all have like a birthmark on right. their like cheek like a big birthmark but that's the only thing because the next one's david spade he's playing classic womanizer david spade oh, great. basically playing grown-ups characters grown-ups. but then we've got terry cruz <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even mention <laughs> oh yes colorblind casting that's what we like yes exactly and his thing is that he's like shy <laughs> he's really <laughs> shy and timid and kind of a uh, body conscious what alan, even though he's a huge guy of like even a, though he's a huge gigantic man then we have one of the next ones alan covert Oh, bringing course. him back into the main fold. He's a sleazy business type. He's kind of the Ben Stiller character, but he's sleazy. He's really sleazy. Right, okay. Anger then, management style? Anger management style, exactly. And then the final one is Rob Schneider playing an Iranian. <laughs> but he's also one of the brothers. Doesn't matter. And they're all from different wives. Exactly okay. like Ridiculous Six. And this is where I was like, oh wait, I've just made Ridiculous Six. Is like, he's dying in bed and then he tells them about a secret art piece that he made in the 70s that is graded something like 
$200 million. Right, okay. Brothers, who all aren't doing too well financially, they go on a crazy road trip because their crazy old dad, Harold, has designed a treasure map. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all doing a road trip together. And then on the way, they learn how to be brothers again. That's the film. (laughs) That's it. That's good. That that is good. I could see that getting made for sure. It is very similar to Ridiculous (laughs) Six in modern day. Exactly. Ridiculous Six in modern day. More of a treasure thing. And I think the twist would be that Steve Buscemi wasn't ill and he wasn't dying. Uh, okay. He just did it to get his sons back together because they'd all fallen out years before. Oh, nice. That's good. So and, the dad in this has some redeemable qualities. <laughs> yeah, and he's played by a man who's redeemable, Steve Buscemi, unlike the rat yeah. man, Dustin Hoffman. So yeah, that's it. There's the twist that they're there and then at the end they all kind of get are all happy. Terry Crews gets married to someone. They're all at Terry Crews' oh. wedding because he's finally learned to not being, stop being so goddamn shy so good <laughs> the lady <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think pit or castle for that one? Oh, definitely pit but that's why i did it <laughs> that's shit that's really shit it's, it's nice it's nice mine's a bit different do you want to hear what i've come up with absolutely i do right i think this is a bit long-winded but i'm gonna go with it anyway see how it, how it comes out so i'd go with one that's got a quite similar concept with like the brothers dynamic but instead of ben stiller we've got nick swartzen he's called matty in this he's not called matthew he's called matty and He's like a spoiled he's brat. So trendy. <laughs> he's really spoiled. He's called Matty, <laughs> right? Also, we're going to replace Hoffman with Henry Winkler, and he's going to be called, instead of Harold Meyerowitz, he's going to be called Hank Micklewicks. <laughs> <laughs> like that what's the film called i'll get to that in a sec oh okay sorry but basically so when they're kids it's going to start with like a flashback as we always see in the sandler comedy and films it's, got, it's called what henry micklewicks uh, hank micklewicks yeah hank micklewicks. yeah so it's going to start in like the 80s when they're kids hank is going to accidentally leave danny who's adam sandler's character he's accidentally going to leave him at the grand canyon he's like a late teenager actually so maybe it'll be a bit later than the 80s so he leaves him at the Grand Canyon by accident but then he realises when he's on his way home that he doesn't really care because he's got his favourite son Matty who he calls his little angel <laughs> so basically it gets to a point where he's got like this sob story about how they lost their son but like he kind of doesn't care at the same time and he cashes in on this by making this art called his little angel which is just loads of pictures of Matty with angel wings. So it's kind of like, do you remember that weird trend in like the early noughties where there's like all this shit art that's always got babies in it? Mm. I think Angela in the office really likes it, like babies with like sunflower hats on and stuff. So it's like that, but it's Nick Swardson's head on a baby's body. It's just like floating around and stuff. It's inexplicable, but everyone loves this art of Nick Swardson being a mischievous little angel. And he grows and up to be... it would just be his face photoshopped onto a little baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really, really bad. Funny. And he, gro- he grows up to be like a Paris Hilton style, like reality star. <laughs> He's like really spoiled, <laughs> whatever. That's really good. Okay. But he have and... bl- dyed blonde hair and like. Yeah, oh big, yeah, uh, definitely. And he's suits. always in sunglasses. He'd wear like a leather jacket with angel wings on the back of it. <laughs> um, it cuts to modern day and Danny resurfaces and he's like a grizzled survivor. He's like Bear Grylls or Crocodile Dundee, that kind of guy. He's always got a right, knife. Okay. He sleeps outside and he's changed his name to Crawfish Lacerator. You and he's. Re- your <laughs> 
crawfish lacerate. <laughs> I just done a health and safety course and lacerate was talking about like lacerations, you know, lacerations. like type of cut. So I was like, <laughs> really perfect. Yeah, and he's become like this like lone wolf survivor, and he's got like wild behavior. And for some reason, like women love him because he's so like wild and grizzled. He hires a lawyer to help him get money from Hank Micklewicks because he's like he left me there, he stranded mm. me, left me for dead. So he's trying to sue his dad for mm. neglect. And his lawyers played by Scarlett Johansson, and they fall in love. Oh, okay. There's a court case, flashback, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, Eventually at the court case, Hank Micklewicks apologises and says, he was my little angel, but you were different. You were a lone wolf and you didn't need me. And then Crawfish Lacerator says, well, maybe I need you now, daddy. And he howls. Daddy? Then, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I don't like that. And he howls. <laughs> the resolution of the film is that Hank Micklewicks gets a second popular piece of art. It's called The Lone Wolf and the Little Angel. And it's Crawfish Lacerator as a wolf with the little angel angel flying next to him. What's the conflict between the brothers then? Is there nothing there? It's just that he, Crawfish just wants to kill him, basically. Because he's been left to survive. I thought you were going to say, like, they end up having in the woods together or something. And Nick Swanson's like, in the painting, oh no, my shoe! I don't know. They go on a road trip. Yeah, they go on. All films should be on a road trip. He's getting really upset because he doesn't have, like, his Gucci bag and stuff. (laughs) He has to teach him how to survive in the wild. Uh, Yeah, and the big resolution for little little angel, Matty, could be that he actually hates being a reality star he's like I want to be taken seriously he's got like hoop earrings when he says that (laughs) I really like it and the film's called Daddy's Little Angel oh god imagine that coming on Netflix Daddy's Little Angel and you've got would you be surprised though here's the poster you've got Henry Winkler in the middle and then you've got on one side you've got Paris Hilton style Nick Swanson with like a little halo and then you've got Adam Sandler all cheeky looking with some horns with a knife <laughs> with a little <laughs> little bush knife that was going to be one of the jokes was that you know in the film in my wit stories when uh, Maureen makes them like the shark soup he was going to have the shark soup and he was like get like a, a bayonet out of his pocket or like a machete and like spin it around and cut the shark with it. <laughs> That'd be very good. But yeah, I'm seeing oh. like a lot of comedy moments between those two brothers that they're both completely different. I think like, it's left that's in the my Grand boy. Canyon. <laughs> like the Grand, very, yeah, he gets left at the Grand Canyon. Huge yeah. tourist place where there's <laughs> loads of people around. Great. Would you be surprised if Happy Madison made that? No. I, I feel like that's very similar to the Ridiculous Six character, the superhero Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. Bloody hell. That was ridiculous. <laughs> so stupid. It is very stupid, isn't it? We would probably have watched that after going overboard and being like put in the castle. We would, actually. That's exhausted note. me, that. Talking about that. <laughs> Daddy's Angel, Matty <laughs> Micklewicks. <laughs> yeah. well, I want to close the book on that one and put I it away. I think we're done. So we've decided the Meyerowitz stories is going into the Sound the Castle. Well-deserved. Good film all round. Two thumbs up from both of us. We've made it a Madison. Definitely turned it into <laughs> Fart House. What are we watching next week, Luke? Next week, we're going to watch another Netflix original Adam Sandler starring movie. This one is called The Do-Over. Have you ever seen The Do-Over? I've not. I don't even remember it getting released or anything. Yeah. I don't remember it being at the top of Netflix. Don't know anything about it, really. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I've never seen about it. I've never seen it advertised until we started doing this. And we look shit. We've um, scheduled this as one of our episodes. I think this is the fourth time that we've said, oh, should we do the do-over soon? And we're always like, nah, we just always move it. It could this be This could good. have been our like episode nine because we've always just put it down and then gone, ah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think in loads of our Sandler games as well, we always mentioned it. The do-over. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what it's all about next week on The Sandler Pit. Me too. So if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email to thesandlerpit at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're at The Sandler Pit everywhere. As always, thank you, Joe Tyrone, for your music. Uh, it's a lovely bloody lullaby. Thank you to Luke Thomas for your artwork. It's always, always beautiful to see. Thank you, and a thank you as well to Luke Terry for your fantastic editing of these trailers and these uh, stupid episodes. Right, so as always, it's been a very happy Sandlerby from me and a very happy Sandlerby from him. They should have called it Danny. <laughs> I love you. Breaking news, this just in. The Razzie nominations for 2021 are out and They're we up. are fucking fuming. <laughs> <laughs> so in amongst like things getting slated like Robert Downey Jr. for Doolittle, Mike Lindell for Absolute Proof, there's also a lot of nominations for a certain Hubert Halloween. Was that film good? <laughs> I'm, I'm almost speechless. I'm very angry about this because I watched that film on release day. And I remember having like a warm and fuzzy feeling afterwards. I remember thinking, this is Adam Sandler doing something close to what I used to love. The Waterboy, Billy Madison. He's that. He's playing that role again. He's not just someone's dad who's <laughs> adopted some kids or something. He is back to being the naive, lovable idiot that everyone hates. In all fairness, though, he, he hasn't been nominated for Worst Picture just worst actor. He's been uh, nominated for worst screen combo for Adam Sandler and he's grating simpleton voice. <laughs> when I watched Hubie Halloween, I thought that he was... It's definitely him at his most lovable. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so too. I do remember there was the odd part where I couldn't understand what he was saying, a bit like Bane. I'm quite offended, actually, that he's been nominated for it. I think that I think there just hasn't been enough films this year that they've just seen Adam Sandler and just gone for it. Yeah, I don't understand anyone hating on it. It's not a bad film at all. It's not like an amazing one, but it's not bad. They called it a rip-off of the film Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, which, I don't even know what that is. I mean, I'm reading the plot. Tranter is a demonic troll who transforms children, <laughs> teenagers and young adults into wooden dolls to feast upon their energy in Missouri in the late 19th century. That doesn't sound like Hubie. I can't imagine that they would rip that that off. I mean, you never know, do you? I'm, I'm looking up... Adam Sandler's an original guy. Ernest is a sanitation worker. Not the same. He doesn't work in sanitation. He, tur- he gets turned into a wooden doll. Where can we find this film? <laughs> it sounds perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Hubie Halloween, it's not a great film, but it's definitely not on a level with some of these other films that are in the conversation no, no, here. Definitely. There's that Sia film, the music one, which is like... Awful. Sounds terrible. I mean, I've not watched it, but like... Just the trailer alone and what it's trying to cover sounds horrendous. Uh, Doolittle, I heard that the ending of it was that Rob... Uh, not Rob Schneider. Um, Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider comes out. No, uh, I heard that the end of it was something about Robert Downey Jr. putting his arm up a dragon's ass, yeah, which isn't I'm not an animal. Seen it. <laughs> He's supposed to talk to animals, not fucking dragons. I don't know if I've just imagined that it was a dragon. Doesn't sound good. There's also some nominations for the wrong Missy. So Happy Madison boys aren't, they're not getting off lightly this year. <laughs> to say I'm livid is an understatement. I demand a recount. Justice for Hoobie. Hashtag justice for Hoobie. Do you think that there was like some ballot, some piece of paper, and there was a day in Los Angeles where everything's so busy because of the pandemic and whatever that 
the two little men on bikes that were delivering the results crashed into each other and they accidentally swapped <laughs> bags. And the one that was going towards the Oscars for Adam Sandler for like best role and whatever, <laughs> and Steve Brill for best director and so on. They all <laughs> they all just got lost in the in the bicycle crash. That very easily could have happened. One of them could have been carrying the fucking uh thing for Stephen Yun for Minari. <laughs> that was gonna be a Narazis mixed up with Sandler. <laughs> David Fincher is in big trouble because he's got 11 Razzie nominations. Right, either way, I'm fuming about it. It's wrong. Hashtag boycott Razzies. Hashtag justice for Hubie. Hashtag justice Hubie, Hubie Halloween. Hashtag the sound of it. Hashtag Hubie Holidays. That's what I want. I can't wait for Hubie Honaker. I'm halfway through writing the script. <laughs> I'll send it to Frank Karachi ASAP. We need this to be made. Anyway, um, yeah, terrible. See you next week. Yeah, bye. 